0: Hi, Esty Besties, and welcome back to the Sounds Like Spa podcast. We are your resource for all things spa and skincare in this industry. So I am Maggie Walker, Associate Managing Editor of Skin Inc. Magazine, and I am the co-host to this wonderful podcast. And I'm Marissa Sabatka, your other co-host, and I'm the Associate Editor for Skin Inc. and our other sister magazine, Well Spa 360 so today we have a super fun topic. We're covering the skin positivity movement. So it's kind of advanced in recent years, but it's something that definitely started all the way back. I would even go as early as like 2017. Mm-hmm. It's maybe taken even different a little forms earlier. throughout the years, yeah. for sure. And it's definitely grown in what it covers, what it represents, and everything like that. So we are going to be doing a really nice deep dive into the skin positivity movement, as well as in a part two to this, we are actually going to be talking about the most kind of new age, mm-hmm. not to be funny about it, but the most no, but new age true. version of it, which is the anti-aging movement. Or the, or the move away from. The it. move away from the anti-aging rhetoric, I should say. So let's just jump into it. Dive in. That's like chocolate. <laughs> I needed something. Okay. I'm not going to start talking with my mouth full. That's gross. <laughs> we have cupcakes. For those who are listening. There, this part's not going to be in there. <laughs> it might be. a character. <laughs> so just di- diving right into the topic of skin positivity. This is a movement, like I said previously, it's been around for a very long time. Taken a lot of forms. I would say... It definitely started off with almost the same as, like, a, not necessarily body positivity, but it did start off in the very same where it was, like, exposing airbrushing. And, like, that's and not filters. what people's, and filters, yeah. that's not what people's skin looks like. Which, like, back when it started,
1: not to say that filters weren't a thing because they definitely were, but I do remember it being, like, Vogue, this is clearly not what they look like. Yeah. Cosmo, this is clearly not what, like... Was or like even, like, all the I remember celebrities and, yeah. like, models saying, like, my skin is Photoshopped in this. Like, don't, mm-hmm. you know, like, I feel like that's where I originally saw this movement kind of, like, gain traction. And then, obviously, filters come into play then
0: and now. Yeah. And I feel like it really did start almost as, like, the Photoshop exposing, mm-hmm. like... This isn't what they look like kind mm-hmm. of thing. And it really grew into this beautiful thing of really encouraging people to show their natural skin, show yeah. the texture, show the acne. It's not something to be ashamed of. And with so many studies sharing how horrible teenage acne like affects teenager self-esteem, mm-hmm. their willingness to go out and do things, their willingness to be out in society – even adults face that, too.
1: Oh, 100%.
0: I feel like it did turn into this really beautiful movement that was very much more about encouraging realistic skin. Yeah, and like, what this skin is really what real like. skin yeah. looks
1: like. And it's, like, what I love about this movement is that it branches into so many categories where it's, like, acne positivity. But then it's also, like, vitiligo. Like, I remember Winnie, is it oh, Winnie yeah. Harlow? Yes. Um, the model. Like I, there is so many different avenues where it's like, this is truly what real skin looks like. There's no reason to retouch it or do anything to it. And it's okay that you're experiencing that because when all you see is perfect airbrushed skin, it's like, well, where does my skin fit in? Why does my skin look like this? And my guess is they're coming to you, their esthetician being like, well, how do I get my skin to look like this when it's an already unrealistic expectation?
0: Yeah. So I would say, like, for consumers, it really started with the the photoshopping to the, you know, embracing, and social media, like, embracing your natural skin versus. Because I remember when Snapchat, it was like Snapchat dysmorphia. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. And I would say that's where it entered, with that part specifically, that's where it entered the spa industry yeah. more than just being, like, a movement. How do I and, look like this filter? I mean, I can't even tell you.
1: Since since I've started here in 2019 or I think 2019 or 2020, um, how many email like PR emails we get where it's like, get this filter Botox, get this Mm -hmm. filter cosmetic treatment to look like a filter. Like it's still like it it shows itself in different ways. Yeah.
0: Well, and the American Academy of Facial Plastic Surgery, I remember, oh, I want to say it was like 2019 ish. When the Snapchat dysmorphia mm-hmm. really hit people. And it wasn't just like, I want my lips bigger, I want my nose smaller. One. Mm-hmm. Because that's what a lot of the filters do is they yeah. shave down your chin, they mm-hmm. shave down your nose, they plump up and your lips. And
1: sometimes you don't even know that it's happening. Like more recently, True. connecting it to the TikTok beauty filter, which automatically is on, like mm-hmm. if you make pic- like videos... That was, like, the first time I remember recording a TikTok, I saw it, like, glitching a little bit, and I was like, wait, that's not my face. Yeah. They all, and, like, why is it automatically going on? Why is an airbrushed filter automatically, That's been you know? happening to me, too, and I'll, so like,
0: have already, it and then it, like, happens. tells you the filter's on, mm-hmm. and I, have like, have already filmed the whole video, and I'm, like, annoyed because I was yeah. like, I didn't want to film it with that filter on. Yeah. And you can see a glitch, but... Um, the report. You're I remember talking. the American Academy of Facial Plastic and Reconstructive Surgery, they came out and they were explaining it and they said it's not just those aspects it's not them coming to us to shave down their jaw their nose their mm-hmm. lips whatever they're like we're dealing with people coming and saying they just want their skin to look mm-hmm. like they just want that filtered that skin and they're like no that's not real mm-hmm. it, no it's time. not and that was something that they really struggled mm-hmm. with when that was first coming out is people being like i want to look like this filter yeah. and they're like Well, why do you think so
1: many skincare companies lean into the marketing where it's, like, get rid of your pores, get rid of any texture, have selfie skin? Like, I remember during COVID and when we were all doing a lot of virtual events, like, there was, like, specific facials that were called, like, selfie facials and Zoom facials and, like, all those types of things where you're, like, meant to look better over social media.
0: Yeah, and, like, the Zoom boom became, like, Mm -hmm. almost the next reiteration of this Mm -hmm. where people came back again and they're like, I'm sick of seeing my face all day and I don't mm-hmm. like it. I don't like what my face looks mm-hmm. like. Which first of all, I think Zoom just makes you look worse than I you look in real say, life. Like I for really real. do.
1: I think FaceTime is the only time where I'm like, "Oh, you look good today." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but obviously. when I'm on like Zoom, Google Meetings, anything, I'm like, "Oh, do I look like that?" Not or sure. Sure. <laughs> the angle too, or even like-, like your camera when it's the flipped camera. <laughs> oh, ever since I learned out how like how to flip that so that it is the normal reflection and not that backward reflection, Yeah. like, "Okay, my selfies yeah, well, are a little since bit I better how to now." <laughs>
0: I and I do that for all my friends now. I will immediately know when we go to take a it picture. I'll be like, you don't have mirror mode on. Changes my it. perspective on myself. <laughs> it looks so off. And when that <laughs> was a thing on TikTok, where they would like um, flip flip back and forth, and, and you like, could We're see. Not, oh, I'm not going to try that. I, out. I hurt my own feelings <laughs> so hard. <laughs> but so, <laughs> so I would say that was kind of the evolution of the movement where it's gone. Um, now I feel like we're re-entering back into the really the discussion of not being afraid to show your realistic sight. Because mm-hmm. I feel like TikTok and so Zoom like almost brought it where people wanted to change their face because they were mm-hmm. staring at it all day. And I feel like TikTok almost brought it back again with these yeah. like filters and stuff where people felt like this like is these not- filters completely change your appearance. Yeah.
1: But I think people are getting back to, and I think it's maybe just the switch. I mean, so many things in the industry can be linked to one another, but just the switch from more natural makeup into mm-hmm. accentuating your features and to even people like removing lip filler and undoing cosmetic surgery that they've done before. Like, I think people are realizing that doing so many things to try to achieve this look that doesn't exist is just not healthy.
0: Yeah. And I even, there's one girl on TikTok and I love, I love her content. What she does is she takes those like clean girl aesthetic mm-hmm. and like very minimal makeup trends and she does it and she goes, I want to do it on someone who has textured mm-hmm. acne prone skin. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really awesome because a lot of the people that do that is like Hailey Bieber.
1: Yeah. Who has perfect, perfect skin. skin because she pays for it. Exactly.
0: So, um, but no, I do think it is tur- turning back and I feel like Alex Earle has played a little bit of a part in this where she recently has been showing her natural skin a lot yeah. more She's doing lots of the filter. She or she definitely suffers from acne mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I, I mean, it shouldn't be as simple as it is
1: because when you think about it in the perspective of, like, how much can one girl change the perspective on things? But when you see somebody who has the reach that she has, who experiences some of the same breakouts that you go through, it does put it into a perspective where it's like, well, if her skin looks like that, then, like, my, it's okay that my skin looks like that, too,
0: you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And yeah, and I think just like reminding yourself and reminding people like pores, everyone has pores. Mm-hmm. You actually, like, you cannot get rid of them. Yeah. You can shrink them, they can be smaller, mm-hmm. but everybody but that has pores. Be
1: or whatever Oof. strip, that's not going to do it for Don't. you.
0: Mm-mm. You guys know that. Yeah. <laughs> do your clients know that? You guys know that. <laughs> but um, so I kind of wanted to take this. We've talked about. Where it was at with consumers, where it's at in the spa industry, kind of where we're at now. I kind of wanted to go into like what, what, what have your experiences with it been personally mm-hmm. and your skin journey?
1: Um, with my skin journey... I feel like it's still evolving all the time because I definitely, like, experienced hormonal acne. I feel like I went through puberty at a really young age and just hormonal breakouts I still get every single month and everything. And I'm not going to lie, like, seeing and taking in so much social media, I take in too much social media. There's even times so, where, like, I catch myself being like, hey, it's okay that you have under eye circles and everything. Mm-hmm. But I... I I don't know exactly where it started with me. I, I It's got to be acne, which I feel like is not very special. I know, but I just think that seeing perfect airbrushed filtered skin in movies, TV shows, magazines, probably magazines, the biggest for me. I used to love reading like J, what is it? J-14, J, mm, I'm not sure millennials might know what I'm talking about, but like Tiger Beat. Like all oh. magazines like that yeah, yeah, yeah. and like Cosmo and everything. So I was definitely very used to taking content where it's like, oh, wow, she has perfect skin. How does she do that? You know, and yeah. so I feel like I we've been on a journey or ever since I was young of like, well, what product's going to give me that? What can I do to give me that? So it, I don't know. I feel like it's just always been for me that I take in so much entertainment that I'm like, comparing myself. Yeah. The comparison game is well, what really gets me.
0: And I think it's hard because I think we live in a society that kind of maximizes on that. Mm-hmm. We have a society that moves from encourages insecurities so yeah. that they can market it and mm-hmm. make, make money, money off, off of it. it. And they put these celebrities in front saying that they do this skincare mm-hmm. routine and they use these products and those celebrities have an esthetician on hand mm-hmm. or they're airbrushed or they're, you know, whatever yeah. it is. I mean, it's very convincing. Well, mm-hmm. we've already talking about the talked about
1: this previously, but even like being in the skincare industry now and hearing from you guys and being introduced to a whole side of skincare I didn't know like existed, there are still times where I'm watching a TikTok and she's like, "Mm, this eye cream literally solved all my problems and then I bought it. And I'm like, "Mm, I know it's not going to solve all my problems. So, you know, you definitely still get sucked into it. Definitely just a culture of like, what's the next best thing that's going to treat however you're feeling insecure.
0: Yeah. Um... I think for me, where it started, probably, again, I also, like, I have a lot of hormonal acne. So I think it started there. Because, so, with my PCOS journey, I I mean, I turned to makeup a lot mm-hmm. when I was growing up. Like, I was heavy-handed with my makeup. I didn't do light makeup or light foundation or anything. I had all of my hacks to cover up my skin. Mm-hmm. That and was a part of like the that. time, for mm-hmm. sure, too. Yeah, I was lucky enough that I grew up, like... I feel like it's got to be harder for like younger generations now that are growing up with the clean girl aesthetic. Mm-hmm. I grew up with with beat your face aesthetic. Like I grew up with a full beat glam mm-hmm. every day. You could be in sweatpants and a sweatshirt, but you with had your, your, your hair in a bun. But on. you would have yeah. <laughs> but like you would have your full beat going, and so that made it a little easier that I could kind of like cover mm-hmm, all of that up, especially it. when my cystic acne was really really bad mm-hmm. in college. Before I was like. Being treated for my PCOS and everything, but I do feel like it it evolved for me where, especially you know when I started this job where my skin and I got my skin under control and I had a good regimen, it became a really big source of pride. So I was like terrified to show any kind of flaw, Mm -hmm. and I feel like recently this year would be one of the first years ever that I've actively posted my acne and a post facial glow. Breakout, yeah, because you can even you guys can look. No, go ahead. I was going to say, you guys can look. You can go on our Instagram, and you can look at all of my post-facial glow snaps. And anytime I had acne, I'm going to have my hands somewhere on, on my face. But now it's... And I'm going to have it, like, covered somehow. I, like, did, like, something cute to, like, cover it. Whether it was my hair down, hand resting on my face, however I did it. And the last two I did, I was just like... It's there. And you literally got a facial
1: to treat those things. So no point to hide it. What I was going to say is I feel like one of my favorite, and correct me if you think it's not part of the movement, but I've just loved how it's, like, very socially acceptable to wear pimple stickers on your face now. Like, those girlies on Love Island who just walk around throughout the day, I'm like, that's me. How many times? I literally think I came to the office, like, not even that long ago, Mm -hmm. and Mike was like, you have a sticker on your face. I'm like, I know. I do know. I do know that, and that's just like you know what? I have a pimple.
0: The patch helps. Would you rather look at the star, or would you rather look yeah. at my breakout? <laughs> well, and I love that they've even because they used to be very like, like the way to market them was all like it conceals. You can't even see it's on your skin. Mm-hmm. No one will know. And now they're just they're like, like it's stickers. a yellow star. It's a sticker. It is a big <laughs> old yellow your star. Your face. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Don't hide it. Just decorate it. Mm-hmm. But so I would say that's where I'm at. I feel like, and I'm 29 years old, and I've just comfortably gotten to a spot where I'm like, it's fine if I have acne. Yeah, no, that's 100%. normal. People get but it. But I
1: do think it is the time now, and I I want to say that Gen Z is really helping with that push. I think I, so. We talk a lot in our articles and about recent research about how Gen Z is really setting a lot of new standards for the beauty industry. And whether that be like the way that they're sourcing and wanting sustainable options or looking for tweakments where it's like they're definitely open and not like looking at cosmetic treatments as taboo, but they're doing smaller things, you know, whatever that may be. I think one of the things that Gen Z is really getting right is that it's okay and it should be celebrated that people have... (laughs) I <laughs> and people have a breakout and that it's a universal thing that we're all experiencing. No,
0: people have skin. Mm-hmm. It happens. Yes. Um, so I wanted to do just a quick before we jump into game time, just a little rundown on like ways you can embrace this movement if you mm-hmm. don't feel like you are already. I think some really good ones, you know, these are just kind of coming off the dome. But I think good ways, just easy, easy. Don't have to try too hard. You can take advantage of social media, like yeah. promote people it on love your social. Your being
1: real. Mm-hmm. I think that what people connect with most through our social pages, just from running them and stuff and watching all of you guys is that people really, really care about like genuine people. Yes. <laughs> they care about a connection. They care about someone being real with them. It's very nice to follow people who give this very idyllic, life my morning routine but then i also love even more the one where it's like this is what realistically what i did and i slept this morning
0: yeah. or you i know. like the ones that like show people setting up their camera mm-hmm. and then getting back in bed yeah. to film their getting yeah. up in the morning so routine. i think people want that they want yeah. to feel like someone is being real with them And
1: you guys have like such a huge opportunity to do that.
0: Yeah, the genuine, it makes it more connectable. Mm -hmm. You know, whether that's in the way you share your before and after pictures, Mm -hmm. whether that's, you know, however you wanna approach the skin positivity on your social media, I think there's a wide array of ways you can Mm -hmm. do that. Um, Yeah, I think it just helps people connect to you more because that you feel more of a person and less of like someone to like idolize, Mm -hmm. something out of reach. You feel less out of reach of a realistic goal.
1: I also feel like dual-sided too, it's good for you guys. Like as a creator, you don't always have to be on. You don't always have to be promoting this idea that because you're an esthetician, you have perfect skin and you have it all figured out because that's not real. So I feel like it takes a little bit of the pressure off of you to always feel like you're putting this like, Face forward, just be real and show what you're experiencing because I'm sure your
0: clients will resonate with that. Yeah. I would say also just in how you approach, whether it's through your consult form or in an in-person consult, the way you approach it, if you are noticing problems in air quotes on someone's skin, because I personally have had both experiences. One where someone, the esthetician asks me what I've noticed Mm -hmm. and one where the esthetician tells me what they're seeing. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you, I enjoyed one experience a lot more than the other. For sure. So I would say also just keep that in mind. Don't necessarily go to your client, even if your clients, you know, I mean, obviously if there's like something wrong with their skin health, that is where you come in as the expert and be like, Hey, your barrier has become compromised. Here are some ways we can help with that. But if it's like they have acne and they're aware of it, that that's not going to be a secret to them and they don't bring it up and they're not saying that's a concern that they want to work on with you. I don't know. I don't think you should. Yeah. I don't think you should necessarily cross Mm -hmm. that boundary and say, well, what about your acne? Because I think more often than not, you're going to turn them off a lot more. Like that's one thing that I was always afraid of too, going into a medical spa. This is my like mini tangent. I was always scared I would go in and saying that I wanted lip filler, and then they'd start to point out. I watched it happen on someone's yeah. YouTube. Oh well, you and she started use to Botox point out. There, yeah, and... she started to point out all these other places she mm-hmm. could use Botox and where she thought she needed mm-hmm. it. And I was like, Oh god, I would, I would walk yeah. out. I would feel so bad about yeah. myself. I'd be Let embarrassed me here with a bunch of new things. Yeah,
1: I-, I also think that it's kind of an opportunity too, um, to maybe like if your clients are mentioning acne or skin concerns. Ask them how they're like mentally feeling about that. Yeah. I think it's like a great like open line of communication to know how your clients skin concerns are affecting their mental health too, because we're all working in the wellness sector mm-hmm. and there is ways that you can go about it supporting them or helping them or like providing insight or advice into what can help.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I think those would be, like, my top. So take advantage of social media to show that you're a part of the movement and that you, like, support it and support the showing of real skin and that skin has texture. Take advantage of that. Let your client communicate their skin concerns with you. Don't tell them what you you're see wrong, safe. unless they ask, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, yeah, I mean, if, if they're open with you about problems with their skin – Definitely a mental health check. There's nothing Mm -hmm. wrong with that. You don't have to be an an expert in the field of psychology to just say, how how are you feeling about it? Yeah. Awesome. So we're going to move into game time. (laughs) So today's game is called Hindsight 2020. We've played it a couple of times. It's one of my favorite games. I think it is an excellent game for this episode because pretty much all we're going to do is say, like, looking now at where we're at, me as a 29-year-old, I don't know why I keep saying my age. I'm 29. Almost 30. Almost 30. <laughs> but um, looking back now, what is something you wish you knew? Or something maybe something in, you wish you approached different when it came to skin positivity?
1: Yeah, I would say that. We all maybe fell victim to Facetune a little Ooh, bit. Oh, I forgot um, so about Facetune. Actually, the funny thing is I didn't even know how to do Facetune, so I asked my friend who knew how to do it to do it for me. So I would have her smooth out something or, you know, we all we all know what it's like to edit a photo. So I feel like I would go back and tell high school Marissa that you don't need to feel like you need to retouch any photos and to just be happy with Mm -hmm. what you're posting. And even that, like, I don't know if you did, but I overthought my social media so much to the point where I would like convince myself not to post something because of the way I looked. And I feel like Instagram has become a little bit more like of a free flowing place where everybody just does dumps and like what they've been doing recently. It's become a lot more natural and a lot less orchestrated. So I feel like I would tell her that that's the future for her. And she doesn't need to think that she has to put like this perfect skin perfect person forward
0: yeah i think something that i would tell younger maggie is that you're much more obsessed with your acne than anyone else is that like, is such an important reminder because literally I nobody always cares thought, as much as you exactly do. no one cares as much as you do i always thought everybody was staring at it and honestly if that is something that the only thing a person could focus on you while they're hanging out with you was mm-hmm. that They're not a person worth being around anyway.
1: And no matter what, they've
0: experienced it too. Yeah, unless they're three, because three-year-olds just don't know better. They just don't. They'll just point it out. They'll be like, you got stuff on your face, and you say, all right. Or they magically have perfect skin, and they've never experienced any hardships. (laughs) (laughs) They've never had any hardships in their life. But I think that's something I would tell myself, because I... Again, I mean, I was lucky enough that I was in that time frame where it was like the heavy beat, but I did not leave anywhere. I remember I was terrified the first time, Mm -hmm. my now husband, but then boyfriend, the first time he saw me without makeup, Mm -hmm. oh, I was absolutely terrified. And honestly, it's the funny, it's my favorite story to tell now because I was really sick. I got very sick, you guys. And so I told Alec to buzz off, not come over, do not hang out with me. I do not (laughs) feel well. And I didn't feel like putting on makeup. I mean don't hate me don't shame me I would sleep in makeup around this man he never saw me without makeup I never took it off um and so I told him not to come over because I was really sick. And I obviously, you don't look good when you're sick anyway. But you definitely don't want to put on makeup. But you definitely sick. don't. I wasn't going to put on makeup so that he could come over and hang out with me. So, But he was really cute. He went to the store. He got me soup. He got me applesauce. It was really cute. Mm-hmm. I love applesauce when I'm sick. <laughs> if any of you want to send me applesauce Drop the next anything time I'm by. by. <laughs> Drop anything by the next time I'm sick. But, um, And it was so funny because he kept staring at me. And I knew. I was like, oh, I look so weird. Like, he can tell I'm not wearing makeup. It's so different. He's never seen me like this. And I, so I finally just, like, snapped at him because I was sick. So my fuse was very short, guys. Mm -hmm. And I snapped and I was like, okay, I'm not wearing makeup and I know I look different. Like, let's just move on from it. And he was like, no, 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 it's not that. It's just wear your eyebrows. (laughs) (laughs) That's so cute and innocent. (laughs) <laughs> it was so cute because I, I mean, I have pretty thin, sparse eyebrows, guys, so I draw them on. I color them in heavily to match my, like, they're also very, very blonde, so I, like, color them in and stuff, but, oh, my gosh. But that's was, so cute. He wasn't even looking at your skin. Nope, not at all. He just really was concerned on where my eyebrows he just went wondering overnight. They went for a quick ride. <laughs> They'll be back later. <laughs> <laughs> they're coming back later, but... Okay, so thank you guys so much for coming, tuning in, coming, whatever you want to say. Joining us. Thank you for joining us on this episode. We are going to be doing a part two that talks all about the current movement with the the term anti-aging. So definitely tune into that. It'll be coming in a few weeks. But, yeah, so in the meantime, because I always forget to say this, please subscribe, follow, like. We're going to have a super fun poll for you guys. We're going to have a question for you guys on Spotify. So if you're listening through Spotify, make sure to check those out, answer the question, participate in the poll. we love to hear from you guys. We do.
1: As always, let us know what you want to hear. We love covering topics that you guys are genuinely interested in. And obviously we're in the industry. We're trying to keep up with all the trends and what you guys want to hear, but we really love knowing your ideas and your input. So definitely share that with us, whether it be on Spotify or social media, whatever way you want to contact us. Yes. So thank you guys again for tuning
0: in and we will talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.